Hello everyone, welcome to Animation Nation. I am your host, Primetime here, and I just want to say that this episode is a big, big thank you for everyone. Today is the day, for those who don't know, it is the third anniversary of the podcast of Animation Nation. And I want to contribute this episode to how much I've learned for the past two, three years, I guess, since today's the anniversary. So, as far as I know it, with this podcast thing, I feel more confident than it was before when I first started the podcast. First episode I done had no script. I just went out, just read some articles and just like stop beating them and just like say them what I think the stories were telling in my brain. Obviously that was a stupid move, but over time I get to learn all about podcasting, doing things by yourself, scripting, putting things at least, finding articles that doesn't seem to be hypocritical, comes to political bias or other other journalists, their personal um personal views of each topic but but we're able to strive to bring you news such as anything that comes related to pop culture and mostly animation as well so yeah it has been quite three years so far and i can't thank you guys enough for having me keep doing this so far and let's 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 go through this for four years Four more years of animation nation. Four years. Let's go. Well, I don't know what the future might hold for us, but so far all I know is that we'll just keep going until, I don't know, something might happen. I don't know. As far as I know, that's concerned, um, I also want to not just contribute this topic for, like, for podcasts or something else, but typically what I want to say is that whenever I do an anniversary episode, I always um, compare the platforms I'm in to others the uh, creators have done, the other platforms, and how these social medias done for the past few years. So, like I always keep ranting about how terrible YouTube is and how disgusting Twitch and the moderation is so far. and. I was thinking about that when I was, because I realized a couple days ago that, hey, this Saturday, whatever, whatever, what day it was, is, is the podcast anniversary, so, and I always think about what's, 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 um, comparing myself with other platforms like I mentioned before, the mainstream ones, instead of just Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any other podcast where the applications you guys listen to. Then something happened around this weekend. One of my, one of my uh, creators, one of my people I watch on YouTube, and that covered this. That a person by the name of Corey Kenshin, who is a fellow known black YouTuber, who has at least have fourteen million subscribers, who recently pulled out a video a couple days ago who called out YouTube for some type of like for favoritism and racism now with I recommend you guys watch the video it's, it's pretty well documented honestly and I really recommend that you guys should listen to that but it's been
sorry about that folks um came back to do some important stuff but so but this was more important as well um uh yes youtuber by the name of cory kenshin he is obviously like i mentioned before he's a known black youtuber who with 14 million subscribers he made a video about racism and and favoritism in youtube and here the, the way how it goes is that he uploaded a he uploaded a gameplay of this creepy creepy game that everyone's playing so everyone's playing right everyone's playing markiplier also playing it as well and when and the way it happened was that once he made that gameplay he reaches number one trending on youtube and for some and for some reason he gets age restricted on his video now he mentioned it before that every time he gets no one training on youtube it happens all the time for him that he gets like age restricted or how videos taken down and whatever like he like he mentioned before when he came back on youtube one of his videos a few months ago got taken down and ever since that happened with his his scary gameplay he questions that hey how come my video is being doxxed because okay i remember it it was interesting because there's this one scene where i think it was this one girl in the game who was like talking about like depressed depressed stuff and suicidal stuff or whatever it's like a it's a bit of a serious game honestly it's 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 creepy but a bit serious so to speak Everyone's, and the thing that he said that was, how come everyone is playing that game that has got age restricted that has the same scene as what I do? And that is where it came. Now, here's the crazy part. He managed to give the YouTube representatives a video of Markiplier who plays the game and once you send it to YouTube or people who are in charge of YouTube for a counterclaim that age restriction suddenly it, it suddenly they cleared off they they got rid of the age restriction they're like they're like oh we're sorry we're sorry here here you go and it got it got him thinking that I use Markiplier's video to get my shit non-age restricted. And he finds it suspicious. And so what he did was that he gave YouTube a letter or at least a message. He basically he mentions YouTube that how come how come this happened? As him, as a black creator who was the only person who gets age restricted because of that scene while everyone is playing it has that scene and didn't get age restricted and by using Markiplier Markiplier's gameplay he gets off the hook he asked them all these questions and guess what YouTube did they decided to re-age restricted not only his video 
but they decided to do the same thing with Markiplier's video. They contradict themselves. There is something shady going on on YouTube when it comes to this stuff. I, this is mind-blowing for me, honestly, because obviously I'm, I'm not on YouTube. First of all, obviously I'm not on YouTube. I don't trust that shit. Second of all, not, not black. I'm, I'm Mexican. I'm brown. But it's crazy that the way Corey mentions in the video is that the way how YouTube treats minorities of color, black, Asian, Hispanic, Muslim, whatever. We how white people were just kind of treated in YouTube and see something that's like, like not getting these consequences as much as what they did. The way he brought it up is interesting how he explained it. That that there's something shady going on in YouTube. And he doesn't understand if this actually is racism or not within their headquarters. And not only that, He also talks smack about like the whole, if those of you don't remember, about the whole February thing with YouTube saying the celebrating black YouTube. And he criticizes that because why we need to be like, be cradled YouTube saying, hey, this is black YouTube. They're thinking that we can't, that they can't handle themselves, basically. That is just basically rude. I know. I agree. I agree. Making something unique, like, hey, look, hey, we're having black YouTube, we support our black creators and whatever. Oh, we Hispanic Heritage Month, let's really support our Hispanic, Hispanic YouTubers and whatever. It's, it's, it's like, it's like they, they're babying you, so to speak. Like, they kind of feel bad for you, so to speak. But not showing it, but just like, they, they kind of like saying that, hey, we're not racist. We, here's the whole entire month of your race and whatever. I know this is going to be radical, but it's the way he explained it. It's interesting. And he is kind of speaking to like all black YouTubers in a way. And it kind of got me thinking if this might be a possibility. Now, we're, now the way how I see what he thinks in the YouTube in his YouTube video was that it's not much of like when it comes to racism in a way what YouTube's doing it it's not like a hey he's black take him down wherever he doesn't make any money whatever. no 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 it's not like that the way YouTube I, I'm assuming what he's trying to say is that YouTube may have this some sort of fucked up system what kind of puts minorities not be that much successful then obviously what the obviously what with the whites are doing basically i'm just putting a flat out there what he's what i'm assuming he's trying to say there is some type of system what they are doing so far over there and it's it's interesting and and it kind of brings that up how social media, particularly the companies, have some sort of this weird agenda when it comes to race, so to speak. 
And the way how Corey points it out, it kind of opens people's minds a little bit where, like, who's in charge of YouTube? Who, I know, it's Susan Wojcinski, a white girl, white woman or whatever. But who's really in charge of YouTube when it comes to, like, managing who gets demonetized, who doesn't? Because when Corey gets age-restricted, it was seen by a human being because because they mentioned in his introduction that it was manually reviewed by a human being. A human being reviewed that. They reviewed him, they illustrated the video, they reviewed him putting the appeal and restated it, and then the human, re the human did it again, each is making the same video, what he appealed on. A human reviewer does all that there's something fishy that he's that's going on there I'm glad he's able to point that out and it's interesting and then a few I won't say a few days like a few like a day or two later after since that video came out YouTuber by the name of Gideon another black YouTuber made a sort of a similar statement or not similar but an accusation but to towards twitch like with um twitch being favoritism and sexism well you can see they're also racist as well but he emphasizes on sexism as well now what do you mean by sexism so now i'm just saying what people are thinking so far and what did what Gideon mentioned is that Twitch has some type of way to ban people for doing something that's out of the rules, basically. But however, the people who are mostly seem to get less punishment are female creators. For example, Gideon, Gideon mentioned that he got permanently banned by Twitch because, long story short, couple months ago he he basically spammed he told his viewers to spam L plus ratio to Pokemon stream for taunt and whatever and he got permanently banned over there at the end of the story um you know he meet a Pokemon and out of nowhere we see him and Pokemon outside some type of like like a like a a porch or fancy porch or whatever they're both eating hamburgers And they're smiling. And people thought like, okay, they either either made up, they either made up, or AKA, they did this for purposes and stuff and views. But either way, that happened. Now, a few days ago, there was a, there was an indie VTuber, not VTuber, sorry, an in, a individual Twitch streamer who live streamed herself Getting, uh, how do I say this? How do I, how, how do I say this? Getting, you know, I'm just gonna say it, right? There's, she's getting fucked from behind, or getting plowed from behind, from her boyfriend. 
she live streamed herself getting plowed by her boyfriend. Now, they didn't show, you know, the, they didn't show him plowing her girlfriend, but you could tell that she is being plowed because, A, we kind of see the guy behind her, a little bit of it. B, she, B, we could see her being like, you know, being thrust over to her desk. And there was like a shot where she shows like her. I heard people say they, they, that she shows her. She shows, she shows her like private parts in her buckle, whatever, on on one clip. But I don't know if that's true or not, honestly. But all I know is that she live streamed herself getting plowed by her boyfriend. Now, what he compared to that is that after that happened, she got permanently banned by Twitch, right? Not, not just because she got plowed, but she got seven-day suspension, and she literally called out Twitch for her seven-day suspension by saying, by she threatening Twitch. She tweeted out a threat to Twitch that she's going to, to Twitch HQ, and shoot up the place. And she got permanently banned for that ever since Twitch. Notice her tweet. The most fucked up thing is that she made a, a mediocre apology to Twitch. And guess what? Twitch responds to her by saying, "Oh, we we appreciate your apology. We're gonna reduce your we're gonna reduce your permanently banned to at least seven days." You guys still confused, right? Because when she got plowed, she got 70 suspension or 70 banned. And when she called out threats to Twitch, Twitch changed it to a permanently banned because of that. And when she made that mediocre apology, Twitch reduces her ban back to seven days. If I was a CEO of Twitch, I would permanently ban her. Why? Because you do not threaten to shoot up a place of work that is very harmful to my employees and make them very worried that their lives are in danger because some Twitch streamer called out on Twitter that she promised to do that. That is fucked up. You don't do that. Look, if I got 70 suspension of on Twitch, you know, in seven days, deal it. I'll deal with it. A bit understandable if you have Twitch as your career, but if you made like a, a bit of a lot of money, then there you go. But seven days, I'll deal with it. All right, I'll complain a little. I won't go as far as threatening Twitch like that. But I will not bring her back if she does say those types of disgusting and harmful tweets of that. I know people are kidding around at times, but something like this to your company, after she got 70 days banned from that, you have to permanently ban her because of that. And he brought, and Jaden brought that up because he's still permanently banned.
And let me tell you, there are a couple times where like girls getting like I'm just saying, I'm just saying, where we kind of notice is that girls getting less suspensions than guys do. For example, uh, with what's your face? Uh, I forgot her name. Is that one? It's that one girl who like infamous on throwing her cat on stream called Milo. They're like Milo, whenever I forgot her name. Um, she gets less suspensions. Why? We don't know. The example is that when she showed her, when she accidentally showed her like her nipple on stream because she was doing some type of dance. She got 3D suspension. I'll show you her nips. Pepperonis, so to speak. What the fuck? And there's numerous examples of what it was some type of numerous examples of of like female streamers getting away with things that seems like sexual or Something that's like a bit of uncalled for compared to guys. Cause there was another YouTuber another YouTuber. Another Twitch streamer who got banned because he had a profile that is basically an anime style profile that looks like he's screaming and they kinda banned him for that because he has that profile and he has to repeal it. Because it's ridiculous. He it's it's just a profile. He, you can't just like, like what's the profile gonna do? Attack Twitch? It just stays on your channel. Calm the hell down, Twitch. And the biggest example what Gideon gave was with Mr. Which we all know is Dr. Disrespect. Where it's been like a year or two. Where obviously you, you know the story or let me give you a summary for it. Dr. Disrespect, when he came back from Mixer on Twitch, Twitch decided to permanently kick them out off the platform with reasons that we still do not know to this day. We don't know why he got kicked out of Twitch. He didn't give us any answers why he was banned or whatever. Even Doc. Doc seems like he doesn't want to give information. He probably doesn't know either, but we just we, we don't know. We just don't know why he got banned off of Twitch. And that's insane. It's insane. So yes. I believe there is a course that there is sexism in Twitch as well. It comes to females and male creators. And we're getting this some sort of like this age where we are now picking on each social medias and their hypocrisy towards whether it's race or gender. And we want to make this even ground as much as possible. We're pointing out these sort of flaws they're doing. It came out of nowhere when I look up all the information. It's, it's insane. It really is insane. And I really hope those platforms are able to hear them out, honestly. Because 
it will change the shape of what they see, but they have their own policies. Whoever's in charge over there, making these like outrageous policies or not always like outrageous choices of picking random people based on what they are. Most of the time. Most of the time, because you know, there's gonna be like crazy people out there, and I'm seeing people like Onision. They will possibly deserve to be kicked off the platform, but overall, yeah, overall, there's sometimes there's these social medias kick them out based on what they are as a they are as their appearance, whether it be their whether it be black, Hispanic, Asian, or if they're male, female, whatever. It is stupid. It is very stupid. If you are a humble streamer, if you did nothing wrong, nothing that's committed any violence, harm, sexual stuff, or at least or at least any type of harassment, you are good. Alright? Even hints of those stuffs is a bit terrible because you kinda kinda lured into that type of mentality. But if you're doing it as a joke, then it's probably okay, but as long as you don't take it that, that thing too far, or else, or else the managers might mistake in that. And people are calling them out. Even, even some of YouTubers, for example, fucking voice critical even called, called Twitch and YouTube up because of these heinous stuff. Because it's been happening for so long. And with the Corey situation, the way he brought it up, he kind of realizes that, hey, something is been going on within YouTube, kind of stuff. Maybe it's racism, maybe it's not, but there is something shady going on, the why he keeps getting restrict, restricted or getting his, like, not restricted, but like, well, they guess age restricted or getting his videos taken down whenever he's number one trending. There is something suspicious going on. The reason why I say that is because, you know, obviously I feel terrible for them in their situation. And it kind of makes me feel that I'm very lucky to be on be on the other platforms instead of YouTube and Twitch. Like, you know, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Radio Rebel, whatever. So you feel like I'm glad I'm I'm here honestly and not dealing with those sorts of situations because again I never gotten any ban strikes or any takedowns or notifications of what I did wrong so far any of my on my episodes and I don't know if I don't know if it's because I'm like not really that famous or not much of many people have people listening or whatever or maybe I'm doing something that's at least something appropriate or at least they do something that's like very clean or whatever but as far as i know within my podcast i don't seem to be getting any age restrictions or any strikes or whatever as far as i know but maybe one day i'll get that i'll get a notification from anchor spotify that i'm doing something wrong but i don't know who knows but thing is that you know i'm glad i have this platform and I was dealing with those two honestly because they need to fix their shit right now because they are at least the top of their game 
And having that feeling of relief of not dealing with those things as in the third anniversary makes me feel thankful for what I've done so far with here in Animation Nation. And with all you guys, your contributions, I'm really glad to be here, honestly. And there's no stopping this podcast at this point. Maybe if I get injury, maybe if I, I don't know, get like a, get like some type of band or whatever, it might stop. But at the same time, still nothing's stopping. Nothing is stopping. And for me, with my situation going on, for those of you who don't know, broke my knee in June. Went to the doctor, did like a physical therapy for a few for a few days and a few months. And planning to get a surgery because a few things there's a few things that are not healing within my bones. And that's what's gonna be in the beginning of next year. So I might give you guys a heads up on because normally I'll take like a like a like a week, like a week's long break, like around like week of Christmas time. Towards like the middle of June, I take a break from the podcast. But with the surgery and whatever, that might change for a bit of an extent because once that I'm going to go to like a recovery, so it might take longer. So I might have to extend that like holiday long break for a bit more or whatever. But I'll let you guys know. It'll be a little bit more in the future. I'll let you guys know. But overall, I'm very glad I have this podcast. Honestly, with you guys as well. You guys made this podcast great and possible with you guys listening. It really, really encouraged me to keep going with these episodes so far, including while I'm having with my studies, being an animator. And, you know, as much as I see in reality itself, the industry as of right now with animation is going through like a rough stage, especially within the streaming service where... You see, obviously, with HBO Max doing some horrendous cutting, cutting projects, mostly with animated projects. Netflix not knowing what the heck it's doing so far without any animated content. Hardly. Permanent Plus is just going to keep going with a lot of Spongebob content without having at least any originality, except with, with Big Nate. Or Loud House, but they just keep shoving Spongebob, Spongebob, Spongebob. And even they're not talking about Spongebob, they kind of, they're always reminiscing on like the 90s Nicktoons. Like, hey, like, hey guys, remember the Nicktoons? You guys grew up in whatever? Yeah, we get it, but at the same time, is that what you guys are all about? Just with nostalgia? Make more tunes. Make more tunes. Look what you guys did with the team with the team with the team and T reboot. You guys hardly even show it. You guys released a new movie on Netflix. I wanna watch it. Looks pretty good. I hear people have loved it. But what the heck? What the heck man? So those three streaming services I mentioned are going nowhere it comes to animation and possibly hardly anything, they gotta keep cutting down their stuff. Disney seem Disney Plus seems seems on a awkward standpoint, but they seem to be going well. Cause if they cause if you got rid of animation Disney, then they're gonna be huge hypocrites. 
because these started out of animation. Their founder started because of that medium, because of that, because of that. So they got rid of it and it makes them look hypocritical. So Disney looks seems to be an awkward standpoint when it comes to like making other random projects when it comes to, they make a lot of Marvel stuff, which is, it's not bad, I would say, but you still kind of have this sort of like this awkward fatigue of ever since Endgame, you kind of want to not really watch that much Marvel content, but at the same time, they're putting out Marvel shows that seems like more of like, like, oh, this will connect to this, this will connect to that, whatever. And it's just too much to keep up with. You know what I mean? That's why you don't really watch any any Marvel shows or hardly any Marvel movies. Like it's all like, connected and you have to keep watching all of them because they're connected all together and bring up this and bring up that and like bro, he just fought Thanos. At this point I wanna see the Avengers fighting Galactus at this point. Because hardly anyone talking about Galactus, the the devourer of worlds. Where is Galactus? I want to see him. I don't know when. But if you're going to build that up to that point, maybe at that point, it is going a bit slow. But that's just my opinion as how I don't know if they're normal to that, but whatever. It's just being like lackluster and just like it being overhyped and whatever. And it's too much to keep up with. You got Miss Marvel, you got Moon Knight, you got she the new She-Hulk thing, Hawkeye, Loki. I'm pretty sure they haven't released season two of your Loki yet. You got all these shows that's really too much to keep up with, honestly. And I'm really gonna be impressive. You all you guys keep up with all the Marvel Marvel shows and whatever. That's impressive. Cause I can't even keep up with that. It's just, eh, whatever. I didn't even watch the new Thor movie. I did. Didn't watch it. Just too much stuff to keep up with. Aside from that, their Star Wars content seems a bit weak, as far as I know, since Obi-Wan Kenobi did. I mean, Obi-Wan Kenobi was okay, for me at least. Not much, just something that reminiscing what Nobu what they added a bit more within like the New Hope or before, before the New Hope. It's just May, I guess. And I'm still waiting for uh, uh, the Bad Batch, I'm still waiting for that because you know I like Star Wars The Clone Wars, I grew up with that stuff that made me introduce to the Star Wars universe and has similar art style to the Clone Wars. So I'm waiting for season two for that. For the Bad Batch. But overall, it seems a bit lackluster of their Star Wars content. Well, I don't know what they're going to do with the IP. It looks like it seems a bit stale. Aside from that, um, I don't think I see anything coming up. I know there's like this another Disney movie coming up that looks like it's inspired by this like adventure philosophy stuff that's coming out. I forgot what's it called. But... That's coming up, but anything else doesn't seem that much that is releasing. But I'll take, let them take their time. Let them take their time. We'll see what they're gonna come up with so far. But with Disney, they seem to be in an awkward position. But 
Seems pretty good when it comes to animation so far. So far. I'm just saying. Especially with their three-season three system with both the Owl House and Amphibia. And I mentioned this before, for me, I believe a good ending should be at least four seasons. Four seasons for me is a good run. Three, I think is a bit too early, but I think it's slowly going to be like at least a minimum. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Because I blame Star Versus for that. Four season, fourth season, they they ran out of ideas. And it's such a okay ending with their show. They could have done more. I think the one that kind of sparks the ending is just for for me. What kind of they sparked the ending was when Marco reveals that in the taco restaurant that, that hey, humans are actually humans. It's just that they fell into this magical well and went through Muni. Like, okay, that's interesting. That's interesting to know. Another one that's kind of like obviously caught everyone's eye. If you're watching Star Versus and you're a fan of it, then. Obviously, both Marco and Star kissed. Make sure to leave that. Concluded. Whatever. Hooray. We got what you wanted. You shippers, whatever. Congratulations. Now what? Aside from those two, you just meh. Ending was just meh. And I believe that type of ending or season four kind of made Disney thinking, you know what? Maybe we shouldn't have all shows be go through season four because they'll kind of run their course. And I still believe season four will have will be enough stuff, but it just that it depends on the storytelling you have enough to get to keep going. Honestly, is either that or is it the decisions of the creator who wants to have three seasons with Diana, with the creator of Owl House, Diana. She was expected four seasons, but. Three seasons with only made up of three specials is just enough for her. Basically that, and they kind of crunch her up. Amphibia with Matt. I don't know if that's his decision, but I don't know. I don't know what he thinks, honestly, but if that's the way he wants to go with it, then I'm okay with that. So he goes with Gravity Falls, where Alex Hirsch, where Alex Hirsch kind of wanted to have like two seasons and that's it for his show. People were, were sad about that, but it's, it is on, it's on him. It's on him. Two seasons, if he wants. That's how he wants to end the story. Go ahead. It's all decision of the creator as well and as well as the uh, the executives and higher ups. But that's how the way the industry goes, as far as I know. Hulu seems promising so far. Honestly, I know Hulu's owned by Disney, but this seems like a promising platform to start anim to start like an animated content. The realtors are just like star who watches star streaming whatever or peacock who watches peacock i don't get it who, who, who still watches peacock i don't know anyone who watches peacock no one and who watches again i'm gonna throw more shade who also watches discovery plus no one, except for your biology teacher. I'm just saying. And, and the thing is, is that streaming may seem to have, like, lose a lot of empathy for animation. But at the same time, 
something I believe beautiful might grow. I believe so. And people are still running towards independency, like with with like with Hell of a Boss and with uh, and with uh, Monster Lab with Meat Canyon and Long Long Goat with those two creators. That is good, but at the same time, is really really hard to pull off. The only way you can pull that off is, I believe, two things. Two things is my philosophy. Three is more impossible. Number one. You're either famous on social media, whether it be art or whatever content you're making. Two, you're either an industry professional in the animation field, like you go through many of the un- many of the known uh, known industries like Cartoon Network, Disney, Nick, Paramount, whatever. You know, you already have professional stuff, and you already and people within the animation community already know what you're doing. Because they're knowing you for making those shows. Kind of do with Long Gone Gulch. Because those are creators who are actually professional in the industry. Third, the impossible one is unless you're rich. That's right. Unless you're rich. Everything's still expensive. At least you have, get like, at least like Indiegogo or a Kickstarter. Then at least if it's successful, then... You're good to hire a lot of people, but again, it's really expensive. You have a lot of encouragement. You have to be your own boss. Your own leader to these people that you're in charge of making this content. Unless something happens but makes it a bit easier, but as of right now, we all have those two or three things so far with independency. But who knows? Who knows? Honestly, but we just had to wait and see what's going to happen so far. Aside from that, um, the gaming industry seems to be okay at this point, but I'm hearing, hearing a lot of people saying that they're that PlayStation is is raising their prices from outside of the United States. And I understand it's kind of unfair to do so. Because, like, for me, why the United States are not getting a lot of, not getting higher prices of their consoles than everywhere else? Maybe, maybe because here in the States is, here in the States is gaming is a lot more, a lot more popular than any other else. Because Sony, because here's the thing, Sony, obviously, is, is from, is a Japanese company. Think about it, it's a Japanese company. Is raising their price for the PlayStation 5 in their own homeland, Japan, instead of America. Instead of America, I'm just saying. All right. I'm not a businessman. I'll be honest with you. I'm not. But the way I see it is, they see more profit in the United States than than Japan, the regional country. Like what the hell? It's already hard enough to get a PlayStation 5 anywhere else. Now, here in the States, you you could probably get one on Walmart, as I did last time, I feel, a few days ago. It costs like 600 bucks on Walmart. Or even on the PlayStation store. And like one digital... Like it has this, okay, here's the thing. I went to the PlayStation store. And... Get this. PS5 Digital Edition. 
was out of stock. Just the console and the controller. What's not out of stock is the bundle. Where it comes with a game. If you get the bundle, you'll get the game and the console. Simple as that. I saw one that has like PS5 Digital Edition. comes with the console, the controller, and as well as with... Um, uh, what's it called? Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. It was a bundle. Cost 400 bucks. 456 bucks. It was... It was on sale and not out of stock. Like the standard loan consoles. You know my brothers want to get a PlayStation 5. And I keep telling them... I keep telling them this. If you want to buy the console... And there's scalpers getting those consoles. Do what I do. If you want to get a console real bad... Do what I do. Buy the bundle. Because I notice that not much scalpers are buying bundles of consoles. I know it's a lot of money. I get it. I get it. It's a lot of money. But if you want a console so bad, a new console really, really bad, go for the bundle. Go for the bundle. That's all I could say. The bundle is a chance for you to get the PlayStation 5 or whatever. I'm just saying, like I did. I bought the Kabam PS5. It comes with two controllers, really two controllers, the console. Uh, there, it comes with a Sackboy game, which I didn't play because it was boring. And it comes with Spider-Man Miles Morales, which is a really fun game. I like it. It is insane they're doing this. What the heck? Not even my cousins from other countries are gonna buy the PlayStation 5 because it's gonna raised raise the prices. And here in the US. They, they, they might as well come to the US, buy the console and go back to their country and just take the console with them. I don't know if that's even a possibility to do so. I don't know. But it may seem likely. <laughs> I'm just saying. But I don't think it's unnecessary for raise the prices from other countries. Because it's already hard enough to get a console. With, specifically with the PS5. But it's the way how the industry goes with that, honestly. And it just... Eh. I mean... The other thing I have morals to see what people are going through so far. Especially when you're coming out of the pandemic. You know, it's awkward to get PS5, even though the, the damn console is not on stock. Still, I don't know what they're thinking. But, whatever someone is thinking, good luck for them and whatever. It's all on them, so far. That's it for a rant so far, but it's all I have to say, but but I just want to tell you guys how happy I am for being with you for three years of the podcast so far, and I'm really glad that I'm able to strive and keep going, able to just bring you guys more news so far, such as like whatever that I really find interested in, and able to provide you guys so far with my own opinions a little bit at the end of after I read after reading the stories, giving my own feedback and sharing with you guys and I really appreciate that so much honestly and I'm glad I'm able to just have this journey 
and I can't wait for another year of Animation Nation. Who knows? Maybe we could go on, maybe not, but still want to keep going so far with this with this um podcast. So, so yeah, after this, I'm gonna grab like a like like a bottle of alcohol, whatever, and just like cheers to three years of Animation Nation. Cheers for three years indeed with this podcast. So I'm glad I have you guys be here with me so far and as well as newcomers. Welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome where we talked about news such as such as what we talked about early, a bit late earlier on this part on this episode, but a bit more detailed and more information. But it just made congratulations everyone else who will stick by me for three years, so so, podcast still keeps going. Everything's still the same every Saturday and Sunday, depending on how much information we got so far. And we're able to provide you more news such as like this. So, thank you for three years. This is Animation Nation. I'm your host, Primetime here. Make sure you guys follow our Twitter, our, in- our TikTok. We also post TikTok as well for a few shorts, former episodes. You can be over there. And we appreciate that. So, this is Animation Edition. I'm your host, Primetime here. Hopefully get to see you guys next week or tomorrow, depending on how many news we get so far. So have a wonderful day. Stay safe. Love you all. And see you guys next week. So goodbye. <laughs>